Welcome friends to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to say no without feeling guilty. Friends, today's episode of Someone Gets Me is meant to inspire you, give you hope, and help give some ideas and things to consider about setting the healthy boundaries that we need to set and learning about how to say no without feeling guilty. I have so many clients I work with individually, and we spend time on learning how to set boundaries and say no and not have guilt happen on the back end. So that's what today's episode is about. I hope it serves you, and you can listen to it over and over if you want to, share it with your friends, and let's help everyone have clear, healthy, meaningful boundaries that lack squishiness. So first let's talk about guilt. A lot of people say guilt and shame, like they're the same kinds of things and they're not. The definition of guilt is you broke your own rules. The operational definition is you broke your own rules. So we only really feel guilty if we broke our own rules. Now also, nobody can make you feel guilty. I hear it all the time. My mom made me guilty. So-and-so made me feel guilty. To which I say, that's not possible. No one can make you feel guilty. You can choose to feel guilt based on the interaction. And again, it comes back to healthy inner boundaries and a sense of sovereignty and your own authority. So if somebody else is making you feel guilty or you're thinking that someone's making you feel guilty, there's some work to do to separate your identity from what they think you should be. because. No one can make you feel anything. So if you're going to say no without feeling guilty, the first place to look is, well, what are my boundaries like? What are the rules of engagement? Now, a lot of people look at this as outside boundaries, like how much I let you in or if you can yell at me or how close you can get. And those are all really important. There's boundaries mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially. There's lots of different things and they're not static. They are fluid and move. And so that's why it sometimes takes a lot of work. We live in a culture that teaches us to um, not respect other people's boundaries and not even respect our own. So when we start going on a path of personal growth or personal development, or we're tired, we're sick and tired of the old way, it requires examining how we operate. Now, the other kind of boundaries that matter to me and that I pay attention to a lot are what I call inner boundaries. What I mean by that is how much of you do you allow to show up in any certain situation? For example, when I'm doing an individual intuitive mentoring session with one of my clients, I'm in 100%. I have meditated, I'm centered, I'm grounded, I'm aligned, and I'm fully present for them. If I'm going to drive to the grocery store or go get gas in my car or run errands in general, it might be a much lower percentage of me that's present, maybe 10, 20, maybe 50. You know, if I engage with somebody, maybe a little more, but I don't need 100% of all of my 
gifted, creative, intense self to be present, to go get gas. And so what some people do is they bring all of them to everything all the time, which is exhausting. And sometimes it overwhelms other people. So it's important to be aware of how much of you are you bringing forward in any situation, whatever that situation might be. And does it align with what you intend and what you want? Now, the other thing that has to do with boundaries that really helps you not feel guilty is to not have what I call squishy boundaries. That means ones where if I say no, and I mean it, and somebody pushes, and they ask again, or they try another way, and I say no again, by the third time, what I say is my yes means yes, my no means no. Period. Because we live in a culture also, look at any sales situation. You can say no, 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 and they know that so many no's was going to yield a yes. Or it's, I will lead you down this conversation so that you say yes to so many other things that you by default say yes to the thing I want you to say yes to. All of those are manipulative. So it feeds this sense of guilt because we sometimes break our own rules. We sometimes say, I'm not going to you know, buy this car or do this thing, and then pretty soon I'm buying that car or doing that thing. And we wonder why and how come. It's because we were manipulated and we didn't slow down enough to become aware of what was happening and take a stand for ourselves because we're in the moment, we're in the emotion. And don't think for one minute, people don't know that. It's taught, number one. And number two, the really good people who want to manipulate or control things, they know it. They know it. So if we're going to say no without feeling guilty, we're going to have really clear inner boundaries. So first, it takes being aware. Like, just pay attention. How aware are you of the criteria that you use for people to get near you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially? And what's the criteria that you use for how much of you you bring into any situation? and have awareness about it. And if you look at it and go, wow, that doesn't work, or I want to change this, or let's do that, that's when we get to make different rules, make different strategies, because it's always okay to change your mind when you have awareness. You also have to learn how to be honest with yourself, like really honest with yourself. And the big question I always ask is, is what I'm doing working? Is it bringing me joy and happiness and success and fulfillment? Do I walk through life with ease and grace and I feel really confident in my decisions? Or am I doubtful and second-guessing and worrying and wondering what other people are thinking? Because, you know, the definition of codependency is that you rest your sense of well-being on the well-being of another. And for a lot of people, you're going to fight back with me and say, yes, but if my kid's not happy, I'm not happy. If my spouse isn't happy, I'm not happy. That's codependency and that's not healthy. To rest your sense of happiness on someone else puts them in a very difficult position. It makes you their emotional slave. So both people lose. Having autonomy and being able to generate your own happiness and joy in conjunction with whether you're with or separate from those important people is much more honorable and much more respectful. Is when you rest your sense of well-being on another person doing what you want them to do, saying what you want them to say, or just being a certain way, when you rest your sense of well-being on that, you make yourself their emotional slave and that you also put them in a very difficult position. 
and some people will take advantage of it, and some people will be so naive that they'll hurt you and not realize it. So you don't want to be an emotional slave, do you? I mean, like, really? So we want to really learn that a lot of the things we are taught in our culture don't work. They don't serve us. Because see, that kind of emotional slavery works works really well if you're going to expect the government to take care of you or you're going to expect another person to come into your world and be that knight in shining armor or that rescuer of whatever kind. Then we put ourselves in position to be a slave to those things. And I'm I want to bring forward the idea that we're not meant to be emotional slaves. We are meant to stand in our sovereignty and our own authority spiritually and emotionally so that our brain and our intellect can support our higher journey. That's what I believe. So we want to have awareness and honesty with ourselves. Like how much are you resting your sense of well-being on another? Because if I'm resting my sense of well-being on somebody and I say no to them, it's possible that I'm going to try to feel guilty because I'm breaking my own rules because my rule says, if you're not happy, I'm not happy. And I say no to you and you're not happy. So I just broke my rule and now I'm not happy. Do you see how convoluted and unhealthy that is? And yet it's touted to be noble and mothers are taught it, especially with their children, but it's touted to be no noble and the right thing. And in this culture, it's not, it's not the right thing at all. It's not healthy. So we want to be honest. We want to remember that no is a complete sentence. When you start explaining or defending your response beyond a reasonable comment, then you're also being codependent. You're trying to ease the blow or change the thing or switch the tide, whatever it is. And that, again, is disrespectful to you and disrespectful to the other person. So the people who are most respected in the world have clear, consistent, healthy, meaningful boundaries. And for some of us, it takes a lot of work to get there. Many of the clients I work with, one of the things we do is really look at, like, what are the rules of engagement internally and externally? And how do they flow in your life? How do they work for you so that you can bring your own vision and happiness forward and be successful in a way that's meaningful and that your relations with yourself and others are respected and respectful. So we want to realize that no is a complete sentence and not everybody um, needs a long explanation. In fact, sometimes no explanation is needed because when we start talking too much, we're cheapening our own experience. We're watering down that relationship. And Making excuses, again, puts the other person in charge of your well-being or you think you have the power for their well-being and it keeps guilt going on, not because somebody outside of you did it, but because you're doing it. So one of the things that you really got to do in order to be able to say no without feeling guilty is what I call radical self-care, really taking care of yourself preemptively. Like so many times in this world, people have a stressful week and they go, well, I'm going to do self-care. I'm like, that's recovery. That's not self-care. We're recovering from a hard week. Self-care is what we do first. It's honoring ourselves. It's being clear with what's important to us and how we want to engage with people. It's having precise, clean communication, you know, that does not have a lot of void words or innuendos or generalities that open you to be misunderstood. It's using words in a way that are respectful and dignified for you and for the listener.
So the whole idea of radical self-care is where we take time for ourselves. Like I meditate every day, sometimes two and three times a day and spend time going within myself and making sure that what I'm bringing to the table, what I'm bringing out into the world in whatever situation is for the highest good of all. So I ask myself, is what I'm about to do for the highest good of all? And that includes setting healthy boundaries. Sometimes the healthy boundary that needs to be set is to disconnect from someone who maybe is not respecting who you are, or maybe not being honest with you, or maybe harming you, or or emotionally gaslighting you. The healthy thing might be a, a stronger boundary. Or sometimes the healthy thing might be to be more vulnerable with somebody who you know is safe and cares for you. So there's lots of factors here. And another thing I, I want to bring up with this radical self-care is it's okay if somebody's not happy with you. It's okay. Because see, if somebody really cared about you and they weren't emotionally enmeshed in you, they would be totally okay with your decision, even if it disappointed them. I mean, you know, there've been times where I invited people to do things and they couldn't do it. I was disappointed. It wasn't the end of the world as I knew it. I wasn't mad at them because we have healthy, engaged boundaries. Because we don't have to make somebody feel guilty or try to make them feel guilty because we can't make anyone feel guilty. So pay attention to your side of the street. Pay attention to what's your responsibility. I always say nose and toes. If it's behind your nose and toes, you're responsible for it. If it's out here on the other side of your nose and toes, you're not responsible for it. Keeps it a lot cleaner that way. So I want to bring up six things I want you to consider when it comes to saying no without feeling guilty. These are things that I see are very important. And of course, there's nuance and there's variance and there's other things. These are the ones that come to mind right away when somebody asks me about how can I say no or set a boundary and enforce the boundary without then coming back and feeling guilty. And first thing is, is that your personal limits and your boundaries and your needs and your wants are valid and should be respected by you. Your personal limits, boundaries, needs, and wants are valid, and they should be respected by you first. Mm -hmm. So many people say, well, I would have, but I was afraid, or I would have, but I was this. And all of those excuses are telling me you don't respect yourself. You don't respect your own rules of engagement in the world. So it starts there. It starts with that inner work. Then the second thing to consider is clarity. Be clear. Yes means yes. No means no. And if I say no, you can push me all you want to, and I'm still going to say no. Because how I do it is I go away if you ask me something and I'm not sure. I go think about it and pray about it and, and ponder some more until I have an answer, and then that's the answer. I always reserve the right to change my mind. So I do a lot of discernment first so that the message I send is clear. I get asked to speak at lots of conferences and events all over, and I just don't say yes all of a sudden. I listen to it. I think about it. I see how it aligns with me, and then I decide if my presence will actually be beneficial to the people putting on the event, the audience, and myself. If it's not three yeses, then I look at it or decline. Because if I'm not clear and I'm not aligned, then I'm going to feel guilty. 
because I'm breaking my own rules. The guilt is internally generated. It's not, they can't make me feel guilty, but I can say yes against my better judgment and then feel guilty for that decision. Or I can say no against my better judgment and still feel guilty, right? Because I broke my own rules. So if you think about it, if you feel guilty ever, it's because you broke your rules. Now, sometimes that means, oh no, I need to change the rule. I've outgrown the rule. Totally good. But the guilt is showing you which rule it is that you want to change or amend or honor. And culturally, we're taught that um, we should have our experience based on other people. You know, if they like us or they don't like us or whatever, that they are responsible for our happiness and our success and our joy. And largely, that's not true. The people who are most respected are the people who are really clear about who they are, what they want, what's going on. And their yes means yes, their no means no. The the wishy-washy, squishy people are less respected. Pay attention, right? Now I'm talking about healthy well-being here. I'm just going through my head now like, well, what about people who are um, control freaks or narcissistic? Or what about all these other pathologies? And that's not what this, this particular episode is about. This episode is to help remind you that you can say no without feeling guilty when you're aligned, you're in your personal integrity, and you're not breaking any of your own rules. We're paying attention to you, and I will cover all those other things in, in other episodes. That's that's too much for this episode. So just know that I, I'm not ignoring other factors. I'm trying to help us see clearly that we are the ones responsible, and this is how we handle it. So remember that other people's reactions are theirs, not yours. I have watched people like, you know, get all upset and then the other person gets upset and it gets all crazy or conversely, everybody gets happy and they're jumping all around. Well, everybody can have all of those experiences, but your experiences are yours and mine are mine and everybody else's is everybody else's because that's how it rolls, okay? So the fourth thing to consider here is you want to have a way to increase your awareness and express yourself. So I'm a big one on expressing myself to trusted other people. I have people in my world that are my mentors and my guides and my friends that are trusted. I am an intuitive mentor where I'm the trusted one for many of the people I work with, which is why I work on a retainer, not on a buy hour thing. So my clients can email me, text me, or call me whenever they want to. And then I'm that trusted other for them oftentimes because that helps them and it helps me help them better because I can use my skills and my gifts to help them gain awareness. We also can get awareness by journaling and writing things out. I always tell people to write in in cursive and script because it helps harmonize the brain. Typing alone gets content out, but it doesn't really help the body regulate and emotionally settle. We want to have safe conversations, and you want to feel truly heard. Um, The human need to be heard is right at the top of the list. And so when you're thinking about who you want to share with, it's will they hear you without judgment, without trying to fix you, and they'll be able to hear you and respect you for who you are. Because most of the time as you're sharing, you'll see your own answers. But you want to always be growing in your awareness and your understanding. And realize that maybe a boundary you might set today in a way you want to operate works really well. And three months, six months, 10 years from now, 
it may change and be different. That's okay. If you're growing and changing and evolving and moving forward in your life, expect that you are going to have a different experience as time unfolds with some of the same situations, okay? So it's all about being willing to be in the flow and still being really clear on what your own personal rules are. The fifth thing is, is to have ongoing radical self-care. You have your emotions, but you're not your emotions. You have them, you are not them. You have your thoughts, you are much more than your thoughts. So your self-discovery and your self-development and your desire to grow and evolve and live your vision and all of those things, that things that are trying to emerge through you into the world are why you're here, right? Whatever we want to call all of that. But we want to have ongoing radical self-care, which means you're putting that oxygen mask on you before anyone else because you can't help anybody if you're not taking care of you. And not only just taking care of you, but growing and expanding and being open and receptive to the goodness and the growth that life is offering you. And the sixth thing I want you to really consider is that life is fluid. It's not static. Things move and change. And just because something works today and you've made a choice today doesn't mean that that's how it's always going to be. When you are rigid and you hold on and you get very, very static and you're like holding your breath and you're holding, doing that, that makes you very fragile. It means you'll fall over. We don't want that. People who are grounded and centered, you know, their knees are bent. They're kind of in it like snow skiing a little bit, right? They're doing this because they're in their body and they're feeling and they're with the experience. So it's okay to change your mind. Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, even said, he said, it, and, I, and I love this phrase, he said, always reserve the right to change your mind. Um, but that means you want to have clarity, right? So you can say no without feeling guilty by being very clear about what your own inner boundaries are, your own external boundaries, what's important to you, what isn't, and to give yourself permission to disconnect yourself from the belief or idea that someone or something else is responsible for your happiness or well-being. No one can make you feel anything. It is yours and yours alone to feel it. Now, that doesn't mean you're impacted, not, you know, not impacted by it. It doesn't mean that. It means that you're the one responsible. So if somebody is treats me in a certain way or I feel their energy because I'm very intuitive and I'm very empathic, and I say, oh, that, that doesn't feel good to me or that feels wrong or that's, you know, it lands on me funny. That's still all mine, even if I'm picking up on that other person's thing. It's my reaction, not them doing it to me. So it's important that we get out of this victim mentality that you're doing it to me. That's not the case. The case is this person's over here acting off their autobiography and their trance and their whatever they're doing, their agenda, their undisclosed motive, and it's affecting me in a certain way. Just like I'm acting off my autobiography, my sensitivity, my agenda, my motives, and it's landing on you in a certain way. Whether it's wonderful or not so great or aligned, that's all a judgment that people like to make. So I just say, well, it doesn't, it feels kind of off to me without judging it as good, bad, or indifferent. And I go from there, or it feels really aligned and really smooth, and I'm going to go from there. Because nobody can make us feel 
anything. So if you want to say no without feeling guilty, there's some inner work to do. Yes. And there's some waking up from some of the cultural teachings that don't really serve us very much. So I hope this episode has been helpful and given you some great ideas. You can always contact me. My email's in the show notes. You can contact me. I do a free discovery call for people. So if there's something that you want to say or a question you have, I am here available and willing because that's what I'm called to do. And that's what I want to do. So don't have a question and not be asking it. Okay. And I hope this has helped you. Please share it with your friends if you feel so led to do that. And until the next episode, if someone gets me to remember, keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star and you're here on purpose with a mighty purpose. So go out there, have your inner boundaries and such alignment and such integrity that you walk through your life with poise and beauty and a smile on your face. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, my friends, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.